0: Good morning. Good morning. We are so glad that you're here to share a very special day with us. Happy Mother's Day. We're glad to see you this morning, moms. I am always amazed at how with such grace you handle such difficult circumstances. How you deal with some of the things that happen in the home. I'm always amazed by that. I've seen it in my own home and I'm sure you've seen it in yours as well. A little 6-year-old boy uh, decides he needs to go to the bathroom and, and so he goes and and his mother thinks that he's been in there a long time, so she goes to find out what's going on. She goes in inside and sees a little boy sitting on the toilet. And he's got a a book on his lap, and, uh, and about every 10 seconds or so, he sets the book aside, he grabs a hold of the side of the toilet, and he bangs himself on the head. Well, she's concerned he's been in there so long Said, uh, said, Billy, is everything all right? And little Billy said, well, yeah, everything's fine, Mom, I just haven't gone duty yet. She said, well, okay, you've been here a long time, why do you keep hitting yourself on the head? And he said, well, it works for the catch-up. My daughter is an OBGYN. She gets all kinds of questions from people about motherhood, sometimes from moms who are their first-time moms, sometimes from moms who are having second or third children. But it was amazing some of the questions that she gets. One mother came to her and said, should I have a baby after 35? And she said, I think 35 children are enough. (laughs) Another mom said, hey, I'm two months pregnant. Uh, When will the baby move? And she said, with any luck, right after high school. Another one asked the question, what is the most common pregnancy craving? And Joy responded by saying, for men to be the ones who get pregnant. <laughs> a dad asked the question, hey, our, uh, our baby was born last week. When will my wife begin to feel and act normal again? And Joy said, the day the kids move out. That will be the day. In light of all of that, happy Mother's Day. Mom, we love you and we're really glad that you are, are here and a part of our life today. But we, we must take caution that we don't take this too sentimentally, that we don't get too heavily involved in that. Because I know for some, uh, motherhood, it was unexpected. It was an accident. It's not always welcome for everyone. For others, biological motherhood is an impossibility. It just might not happen. For a lot of people, some mothers weren't very nice. Hard to deal with that. And under the very best of circumstances, motherhood is still pretty much less than a bed of roses at times. But for all of us today, we have the opportunity to express to our mom the love and appreciation of what she has done for us. And regardless of where you find yourself today, it is so important to reflect upon the biblical example of motherhood, as well as the scriptural imperative to love the woman that gave us life, that brought us into this world. Now this month we are focusing on breakthroughs. Tyson talked about that last week. Life is filled with spiritual events that that, uh, foster a breakthrough to a deeper relationship with God, and hopefully at the same time, we're having a deeper relationship with those around us as well. I want to take a look at how we can foster a breakthrough in honoring God more by learning how to honor our mothers more as well. Jesus gives great examples. There are are a number of stages in the life of Christ where he honors his mom well. and I'm going to look at four of these as we find them revealed to us in Scripture, and maybe we can learn something, how we we might be better sons and daughters, how we can honor mom, and at the very same time, we're honoring God as well. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we ask for your blessing and direction today. I thank you so very, very much uh, for for that individual, for mom, who who gave me life, who brought me into this world. Father, we know that not all moms are perfect, we are not perfect, and we know that sometimes there are, there are divisions and then there are challenges that, that face those who are moms. And Father, I pray that you, you help them bear those, that you help them deal with them well. But Father, in all ways that we can look to your son Jesus and see that how he loved his mother and how he dealt with those different circumstances, we can also learn. And Father, we can follow in his steps. We can follow his example to be that loving son or daughter that we need to be to the woman who gave us life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. There's only one story in the New Testament that speaks about Jesus as a child in dealing with his mom. We find that at at the fact that uh, Jesus is, is 12 years of age. He's traveling with his parents up to Jerusalem for the Passover. Now, this annual trip is about 100 miles if you go the outward way and not go through Samaria. So it's, it's a long journey. Jesus had proven himself to be a, a responsible young man. Remember, this takes four to five days to make this trip. His parents did trust him, and I believe that's, that's the case. But when the group from Nazareth began to be ready to leave Jerusalem and head back home again, Mary thought that Jesus was with her dad or his dad and and Joseph thought that Jesus was with his mom well they set up camp for the first night they begin to look around and Jesus is nowhere to be found and panic ensues thousands and thousands of people have been in Jerusalem and not a lot of them are nice folks Have you ever lost track of a child you ever lost a kid someplace maybe they walked away from you in a in a busy store in a restaurant maybe Walmart in the airport And man, all of a sudden you you, you can't breathe, you get this sick feeling in the pit of your stomach, your mind races, you begin to think the unimaginable. I'm sure this is probably happening to Mary as well. She's thinking, was he kidnapped, is he injured, is he alone, is he terrified? Here I've been given the responsibility of raising the son of God and I've lost him. (laughs) What do you do with that? So Mary and Joseph, they retrace their steps, they go back to Jerusalem. In Luke chapter 2, verse 46, we pick up with a story, and it says, Three days later they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him, all who heard Jesus, were amazed at his understanding and his answers. I'm not sure that Mary and Joseph were very impressed at this time. It says, Son, his mother said to him, What have you- Why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search, he asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? They didn't understand what that meant. So he returns to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. Now remember, Jesus is 12 years old. He's getting ready to enter into those teenage years. He knew that he is gifted. His mom and dad did not understand fully that giftedness that their son had. But he's a, he was obedient. He was respectful to his mom and dad. Now, teenagers in the room and preteens, I'm speaking to you right now. You walk in the steps of Jesus. You honor your mother with mature obedience. That's what I'm asking you to do today. A card is nice, taking you out for lunch. Those are really great things to do on Mother's Day. But I guarantee you what will mean the most to her is for you to be mature enough to obey at least those basic instructions that you get from your mom uh, uh, 24-7, 365 days a year. One mom had this refrigerator on her magnet. It said, Mom loves hugs, mom loves kisses, but mom really loves help with the dishes. Now, kids, when mom says you've got a half an hour to be on your computer, your Game Boy, whatever it is, don't stretch it out to 45 minutes. When she says, Would you give me a hand setting the table? Uh, jump up and do that right away. Don't wait for the next commercial to come on TV. When she says, Don't drive too fast, you come straight home, you do what she says. In fact, if you want to honor mom, be mature, do the little things without being asked. Oh, the heads are turning in here right now to kids. Put their dirty clothes in the hamper. Take the dishes off the table. Put them in the washing machine. If you're late, call and explain why you're going to be late. Teenage years are some of the most difficult years for parents and especially mom. One person wrote, raising teenagers is like nailing jello to a tree. Uh, young people understand, this is the time when you're beginning to assert your independence. You're, you're struggling with control. And it's so much easier to be disobedient to your mom and dad when they're not around. They can't see you. They can't tell what you're doing. You can lie to them, and they don't know the difference. Your friends are becoming disrespectful to their parents. And you think, well, if they can do it, I can too. I want to be like my friends. So you get disrespectful to mom and dad. You're growing up intellectually. You're learning things. And you're thinking, I know a lot more than they do. Someone said that adolescence is nature's way of preparing parents to welcome the empty nest. When you obey, you honor your mother. You're being obedient to God. The Bible says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment, and it comes with a promise. If, this is a conditional sentence, if you honor your father and mother, things will go well with you. And you'll have a long life on earth. That means your mom will not kill you. (laughs) If you obey your mom and dad, life is easier. Things go well. Look at it this way. You're 15 years old. You're out for the evening. The curfew is 11 o'clock. You come in at midnight. Mom's waiting up for you. Heated words are, are exchanged one to the other. Mom says, you're not responsible. You say, well, you don't trust me. So the next morning, mom is still upset. She comes into the room, and she says, "Will you clean up this room, it looks like a pigsty. So you lie in bed for 45 minutes. You toss a few things in the hamper, a few more things underneath the bed. You turn on the music so the entire neighborhood can hear it. It's blaring down the hallway. Mom comes up and says, are you playing that for the whole street to hear? Turn that down. Well, you barely touch the dial. You spend the morning on the phone complaining to your friends how mean your mom is. Things aren't going well. Suffer time comes around. You say, Mom, my friends are going into Edwardsville tonight. They're going to go see a movie. I need 25 bucks. Mom explodes. You came in late. You didn't clean your room. You pouted all day. Now you act sweet. You think that I'm going to give you $25. You think I'm crazy. Don't answer that. No, you're not getting the money. It's not going well with you. One hour made all the difference in the world, didn't it? Same scenario. Let's change it up a little bit. You go out. Curfew's 11 o'clock. You come back at 10 o'clock. Mom says, why are you home so early? Were you not having a good time? You say, oh, no, I was having a great time, but I decided I wanted to come home and spend time with you. The next morning before mom gets up, you put all your clothes away. You put a Barry Manilow CD on the CD player. You go out. You clean the garage. She thinks she's got the greatest child in the world. You say, Mom, my friends are going to Edwardsville tonight to watch a movie. I need $25. I know it's a lot of money. I know I, if you don't have it, I can't go. That, that's okay. Mom says, no, no. You go have a good time. Stay out as long as you want. Here's 50 bucks. I know that's exaggerating. I don't have 50 bucks. I'm not giving that to my kid. Come on. But if you, if you obey, kids, if you obey with grace, if you do the little things, Life goes well. It goes better with you. Obedience as teenagers honors parents. It follows in the footsteps of Jesus. He did that well, and we can do it well also. There's another interaction that Jesus had with his mom. We find that in John chapter 2. It occurs 18 years later. It's the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. A lot happened in the life of Jesus between the ages of 12 and 30. We just don't know what that was. The Bible doesn't record it for us. But it does tell us in Luke 2 that he was filled with wisdom, God's favor was on him. Now Jesus went through the same growing process that we do, 12, 13, 14, we we experiment, we understand, we we see what life's all about. It's likely during this time, that, that age period, that Joseph, the father of Jesus, passed away. We don't hear anything more about him beyond that event in Jerusalem when he was 12 years old. Mary is probably raising, and she is raising Jesus and the siblings by herself. This has got to be a hard task. That's probably the reason why Jesus remained working in the carpenter shop until he was 30 years old, providing for the family. But now at 30, he turns the business over to his his siblings. He's baptized. He begins his ministry. A few days later, we read in the Scripture that the family were guests at a wedding in Cana of Galilee. At the receptions, which sometimes would last a week, It looks as though the food's beginning to run out. Now, Mark Moore tells us in Quest 52 that it's possible that Mary had the job of providing all the refreshments. And this was a big moment for her because if she did this well, she would have other opportunities to be employed in the future in doing so. But all of a sudden, at this big reception, they're running out of wine and probably other things as well. And this is embarrassing for Mary. What is she going to do? So in John 2, verse 3, it says, The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him, told him, they have no more wine. Now Mary's expecting Jesus to do something, something to help. It's like your niece going on a short-term mission trip, and and she's short of funds. She's not asking for prayer. She's asking for help. Mary told Jesus, we're short on wine. She's asking for help. And he says, Dear woman, That's not our problem. Verse 4. The New International Commentary tells or writes this about that phrase. Woman is not as cold in the Greek as it is in the English. Jesus uses the word in the last moments on the cross when he said, Woman, here is your son. It's a, a term of respect, a term of affection. The author goes on to say, Yet we must bear in mind it is most unusual to find this term when a son addresses his mother. There appear to be no other examples of this cited. It is neither a Hebrew nor a Greek practice. That Jesus calls Mary woman and not mother probably, and this is is important, probably indicates that there's a new relationship between them as he enters his public ministry. This is the moment that Jesus begins to affirm his independence from mom. He's no longer bound by her wishes. Your agenda, woman, is not my agenda. My time has not yet come. Jesus said, I am not ready to fully disclose my purpose, my ministry, my work, my job, my person as the Messiah. So Mary says, Do whatever he tells you. He's the only one that can do anything, so whatever he says, you do that. Jesus responds by turning the water into wine and saving the day. Maybe there are times when you feel like mom is interfering with your adult life. You've completed school, you've left home, you've established a family, yet mom still is trying to tell you what to do. You ought to look for another job. Are you eating out again? Don't you think it's time you had children? Why do you spend so much on the house? You'll become house poor. Don't you think she should have a sweater on? Don't make her eat that. This doesn't happen only in her 20s. It happens in middle ages as well, or in the middle years. One person said, no matter how old mother is, she watches her middle-aged children for signs of improvement. (laughs) You probably remember the show, Everybody Loves Raymond, Ray Romano. He lives right across the street from his mom. And his mom could be a little overbearing at times. She would come over to Ray and Deb's house and she would try to be as encouraging as she could. Still, it didn't sound that way. She would say something like, I can understand why you're in a bad mood. Your house is in such a mess. (laughs) Oh, you tried to bake a cake again. Don't get discouraged, dear. Sometimes it is mom's fault. She can be domineering. And if that's the case, you've got to be mature. You've got to ignore it. You've got to move on. But sometimes it is our fault because we've not established our independence. We act like a child around mom, and therefore she treats us that way. We don't want to alienate mom, so we allow her to talk to us this way. We have to establish independence. We've got to say, Mother, we're not coming home on Thanksgiving. This year we're going to go to the other side of the family. This is the only way that you can move from child to adult to an adult to adult relationship. Sometimes when mom is interfering, though, it's because she's right. She may not do that with a lot of tact and a lot of grace, but she may be right. Think about how much you've learned in the past 20 years of your life. Maybe mom has a much more mature perspective of things because of her experience and and her age. A lot of you know who Stephen Curtis Chapman is, Christian singer, songwriter. He said, My mother was a godly Pentecostal woman. She didn't just pray. She had conversations with God. He said, I went off to college. I, uh, I disregarded mom's counsel. I became a hippie. I tried everything. I came home. My parents were on vacation. And while they were gone, I decided to smoke marijuana. He said, in looking back, I can't believe I decided to defile that sacred home. But I did. He said, after smoking pot, I cleaned the pipe. Now what do I do with the pipe cleaner? He said, I wrapped it in a napkin, I put it in the bottom of a a soup can, I stuffed napkins on top of that, and I put it in the bottom of the trash can. The next morning, I wake up, mom is sitting on the edge of the bed. And she says, son, what were you needing, what were you doing with a pipe cleaner? And he said, mom, how in the world did you find that? And And she said, God told me where it was. Some of you had godly mothers and you strayed from faith and she is looking to reel you back in, to bring you back to the Father, to bring you back to faith. One of the most dishonoring things that we can do is to belittle her faith, to ignore her good godly counsel, to snicker behind her back. Not only does it dishonor God, but it also dishonors the one who brought us into this world. If you've got a godly mother who has refused to quit on you, you be grateful. It may be her prayers that has saved you from the wrath of God anyway. Proverbs 15 says, sensible children bring joy to their father. Foolish children despise their mother. There's another interaction that we see in Scripture that Jesus is having with his mom. It's a situation where, I'm sorry to say, Mary is completely wrong about Jesus. In the third chapter of Mark, we pick up the story where it says, One time Jesus entered a house, and the crowds began to gather together. Soon he and his disciples couldn't even find time to eat. When his family heard what was happening, they tried to take him away. He's out of his mind, they said. The popularity of Jesus is beginning to snowball. People are using the word Messiah about him now, and his popularity is gaining in in the message uh, on, on verse 21 it says they suspected he was getting carried away with himself we read later that that the disciples of Jesus even the brothers of Jesus did not believe that he was the Messiah until after he died and was resurrected have you ever had a hard time believing that somebody is uh, somebody that you know really well is, is becoming successful in life you ever had a hard time believing that he's running for governor he couldn't even win student council He's the principal of the school. He's my cousin. He didn't even get good grades. I can't believe that. Tyson is a preacher? I knew him as a kid. Wow. That was funnier first service. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus is in his hometown of Nazareth. People are amazed at his teaching. Mark 13 says, where did he get this wisdom and the power to do miracles? And then they scoffed. He's just the carpenter's son. And we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James and Joseph and Simon and, and Judas. All his sisters live right here among us. Where did he learn all these things? And they were deeply offended. They refused to believe in him. Jesus told them a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his own family. Jesus' brothers were offended at the inference that he might be the Messiah. They think he's out of his mind, so they bring Mary in to help, and they must have convinced mom that they were right because now mom comes along, and she's trying to help Jesus as well, and she even says, well, you know, maybe he just needs some food. He needs some rest. We need to get him out of here to rescue him. But in Mark 3, it says, Then Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, and they stood outside and sent word for him to come out and talk with them. There was a crowd sitting around Jesus, and someone said, Your mother and your brothers are outside asking for you. Jesus replied, "Who is my mother? Who are my brothers?" Then he looked around at those around him and said, "Look, these are my brother, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does God's will is my brother and sister and mother." Jesus could have publicly humiliated Mary at this time. He could have taken her aside and chastised her. He could have said, "Remember how you got pregnant outside of marriage?" How you told everybody that an angel had visited you and you would give birth to the Son of God? And this would happen through the power of the Holy Spirit? Didn't you tell me growing up that I was was sent by God? How could you embarrass me like this? How could you let me down? Instead, Jesus calmly stands his ground and he said that those who shared his convictions were his closest relatives. You see, there may be times that, that your mother is wrong. When you were young, you idolized your parents. You thought they were perfect, but as you've gotten older, you discovered that mom and dad do have clay feet, and they're not perfect. It's been said that the four people that you have the most difficulty forgiving in life are probably going to be your father, your mother, yourself, and God. You see, you'll forgive strangers quicker than you forgive your parents because you're hurt that they haven't met your unrealistic expectations. That's the reason why in teenage years we look at our mom and dad and we think, man, they are such, they, they, they bungle everything so badly. But then you reach, you reach an age of maturity and you begin to forgive your parents for their, their uh, fallibilities and you appreciate whatever contributions they've given to your life. Don't be bitter. Don't blame mom for your problems. You forgive her, but at the same time, don't allow a wrong influence to keep you from walking with God. Maybe mom doesn't share your spiritual values. Maybe she thinks you've lost your mind because you've been baptized or you're raising your kids in church or or you give money to a missionary. Maybe she can't believe you're still living with this spouse who advocates Christianity. Jesus sets a positive example for us how to respond to difficult circumstances. He did the right thing and then he just waited. But when she was wrong... When she was wrong, Jesus was understanding. He was respectful. He was, he was patient. We do well to follow Mary's example. There's one more interaction. We find it in the book of John, the chapter, uh, chapter 19. This, this is the time when Jesus is hanging on the cross, and his life is almost over, but he's making sure that mom is taken care of. In John 19, it says, Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother. Mary's in her late 40s, early 50s. She's a widow by now also were Jesus' mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple that he loved, he said to her, Dear woman, here is your son. And he said to this disciple, Here is your mother. And he said, And from then on, this disciple, John, took her to be in her home. Before he died, Jesus made sure that his mom was being taken care of. For unknown reasons, his siblings could not do that. Maybe they were too young. Maybe the home was too small. There were too many kids running around. Maybe they didn't have enough resources. We don't know. But John was capable, and he shared, he shared Mary's spiritual perspectives. So Jesus entrusted John to care for his mother after he was gone. We are so blessed that in Greenville, in Bond County, we have an organization that works to help parents who are bringing children into the home that are not their kids. Restore Network does a great job of providing a safe place for kids who are going through difficult situations at home or transitions. And uh, uh, this morning we have an opportunity to hear a little bit about that ministry. I want you to watch this video, please. Hi, I'm Shannon Graham, the Bond County Director from Restore Network. And I'm Tammy Clark, the Bond County Coordinator with the Restore Network. First, I just want to thank you for your desire to serve and care for our Restore families. We want to highlight two ways that you can serve our families that are saying yes to foster care. One way to serve our families is by joining our meals team. When a child is placed in a Restore Network supported home, you can join a team of volunteers that delivers hot meals as the family transitions into their new normal. Another way to serve our families is by signing up to be a respite family. These families are matched with a Restore Network family and they walk along their foster care journey with them for six months, giving them a much needed break um, for a date night or time with their biological children or even just a nap. This ministry provides support for the foster family so they can continue to be a healing home for the child that's in care. If you feel God is calling you to help, you can see Crystal Grove, across from the Hub, to sign up for one of these two teams. Let's praise God for Restore Network and all the great work that it does. Yeah, yeah. And as the video said, please remember, Krister will be back here in the hub, being able to visit with you about Restore if you've got questions or you'd like to be a part of that ministry. Deb, my wife Deb, and her family are going through the process right now and have been doing that for the past month or two of of trying to care for her mom as her mom's gotten older. She's 96 years old now, and she had been living with Debbie's brother, Russell, but it got to the point where mom just can't be by herself. In her forgetfulness, she was taking double medications, and she was falling, and, and she needs 24-hour care. So they're getting her uh, assisted in an assisted living home uh, there in Washington, Missouri, to make sure she's taken care of. But it's a hard thing to do, and many of you have been uh, to that point. You know how hard it is to make that transition. Pray, God, that you, that you do that well. Part of honoring mom is to make sure she's provided for when she can't do that for herself. It might be, be seeing to her needs because you never know, we, we may be the ones to die first. It, it could be putting resources in place so that when needs arise, her needs will be able to be met and she can live comfortably. Showing love and, and care for your mom when her mental faculties begin to begin to fail. Uh, A man is trying to decide, he's debating on whether or not to buy a Mother's Day card for his mom. He said she won't be able to read it, won't remember who it's from. But I bought the card because I need to. She's my mother. She deserves my love and respect. I decided to do it anyway. Leviticus 19 says that we are to stand up in the presence of the elderly, show respect for the aged, fear your God, I am the Lord, honor your mother today, regardless of the situation that you have the relationship you have or whether or not she is a believer honor her today show her respect honor her with mature obedience as as you go through your teenage years because it will go well with you the bible says honor her as an adult when you're you're asserting your independence but respectfully entertain her ideas even when even when it feels like she's interfering If mother doesn't understand your spiritual convictions, you stand firm. You stand on those, but you honor honor her as Jesus did by being loving and by being patient as well. Honor her by making sure her basic needs are met. That she doesn't go without. That she's taken care of when she can't provide for herself. My mother passed away at the age of 54 years old back in 1982. I wince when I remember the grief that my three older brothers and I gave my mom as we were growing up. Uh, one of the brothers picked up the telephone and said, said uh, hello, yeah, mom, it's for you. And mom came over and she picked up the phone. It was just a dial tone. She said, hmm, they must have hung up. It never rang in the first place. a stupid brother. Another brother, Tim, stood outside the kitchen window. Mom was doing the dishes and he was right below the window. He lit a firecracker and let it go off. He splashed ketchup on his hand, came running into the house. Mom turned around and said, well, it serves you right. <laughs> she was a lovely, lovely lady, yeah, yeah. But, but there was always love and there was pride in her kids that our stupidity could not affect, could not erase. I could hear it in her voice. And I could see it in her face. She had pride for two sons who entered the ministry. She had pride for two sons that were growing the farm. She had a special love for her daughter uh, more than she did for the four boys. Uh, on, the, uh, on the 31st of August 1982, I called home to tell dad that Deanne had been born. Mom had been in a Uh, a cancer-induced coma for some days two days later on Thursday I called to say that uh, that we had named the child the baby's name was Marjorie Deanne Arms and we named her after after mom dad said that he went in he told me this later he went in and and sat down by mom and, and told her the baby's name and mom squeezed his hand and smiled and that was the last thing she did before she passed away two days later the great thing about this is that I know that one day I'm going to see mom completely healed of her cancer. I'll see my dad completely restored from his cancer. I will see those who have gone on before me, my grandparents who love Jesus Christ, who confess him as Lord and Savior. I'll see them again. I'll see those family members and friends who, who have passed away, who love Jesus Christ And there will be this great day that we will share together in that marvelous banquet that the Scripture talks about in Revelation. In 3 John verse 4 it says, I could have no greater joy than to hear that my children are following the truth. My mom didn't write that, but she believed this. There is no greater joy a parent can have than to hear that their children are following in the footsteps of Jesus. And if you want to bring honor to your parents today, if you want to bring honor to mom today, whether or not she's a believer, honor her by knowing Jesus. Honor her by saying, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, and I surrender my life to his lordship. If you've not done that this morning, the opportunity is here. Tyson and I will be here. We'd love to have you come and to share in that confession of faith. Maybe it's, maybe it's a prayer of, of forgiveness that you want to give and ask for forgiveness because maybe your relationship with mom hasn't been what you would like for it to be and want it to be, but you can still pray. You can still seek God's favor in that. Whatever decision you need to make this morning, we're going to ask that you come as we stand. Would you stand, please? Heavenly Father, as we consider this morning this person mom who has, who, who's given us life, Father, may we be in the reflections that we have and in those moments we still share with him today, grateful, grateful for what they do. The sacrifices made, the love given, Father, for knees bandaged, bandaged and, and for scrapes fixed and for tears kissed away. Father, thank you for that individual. But, but that's not true of everyone. And Father, for those that never had that relationship, I pray that the love of the Heavenly Father, your love for them, will fill the void in their life that was left by a parent that wasn't as caring or as loving as we would hope. In all things, Father, may we glorify you by loving you, by following you, by honoring our parents, honoring mom today, by showing them the love and the respect they deserve as well as loving you. Father God, we pray for your strength and forgiveness in Jesus' name, amen.